the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome, it's Hour 2, it's Backbone Radio, Matt Dunn here. Glad you're on board, and thank you to the many wonderful callers who are checking in, 303-696-1971. Feel free to share your assessments of how the lay of the land looks nine days before the midterm elections. I, I think Democrats are in what you might have to call a free fall and even on the propaganda news breaks, you're starting to hear them sound like, oh, it looks like Republicans are going to win the House. And, oh, Democrats not doing well in the polls. Biden not doing well in the polls. Oh, no, you can just tell that they are feeling pretty grim about the potential for a red wave to sweep this nation. We shall see. Hard to predict. But... How are we doing on Joe O'Day? Anybody want to check in on that? How are we doing there? Yeah, we've talked about that kind of at length last week. And uh, anybody wants to check in on where they come down on that one? We'll talk about the Senate and who should control the Senate, how that might play. I do think Republicans will get the majority in the Senate. We'll talk about that. But here's a here's a one that is a real kick for me. This keep talking about Kerry Lake and Blake Masters in Arizona. Two America First MAGA-inspired candidates, Trump-endorsed in Arizona. And Kerry Lake has pulled ahead, according to some poll data I trust, by 11 points, 54 to 43 lead. And Blake Masters has pulled even in the Senate race against Mark Kelly in Arizona. And boy, uh, Kerry Lake... Former journalist, used to be a news anchor for, I believe, Channel 10 down in the Phoenix area for many years. And she is really, really polished and really, really capable of fielding questions and hitting back hard to the hostile mainstream media that's coming after her. She's also really good at taking on Liz Cheney. <laughs> Liz Cheney who really um, has a grudge against Carrie Lake for some reason, a fellow Republican woman. And how come Liz Cheney is coming after some fellow Republican woman when you're supposed to all come together and vote for the Republican, right? Everybody's supposed to get together and vote for the Republican in November 8th, right? That's the mantra. And you'd like to think that would be the case, but somehow Liz Cheney is is not up for that. She wants to do everything she can to campaign for Democrats to try to prevent Carrie Lake from winning. But it's only helping Carrie Lake. As I have a nice little letter here. Somebody texted in that they love the letter that Carrie Lake wrote to Liz Cheney. And I might read that in full here in just a second. It's not very long. But why is Carl Rove spending money against Mastriano in Pennsylvania? Why is that happening? The Democrat. Um... Uh, Democrat Shapiro seems to be Karl Rove is pushing for Shapiro, spending lots of money against MAGA America First Mastriano in Pennsylvania. 
Shouldn't we all be for the Republican, whoever the nominee is? But it does seem to me like if you're a MAGA nominee, that you don't necessarily get support from Mitch McConnell or Karl Rove. And uh, I would like this to be a two-way street. Some people who are thinking that it's hard to vote for Joe O'Day, I do think it might be um, more persuasive for, uh, you know, Mitch McConnell's of the world, the rhinos of the world, to be supporting people like Blake Masters in Arizona, Carrie Lake in Arizona, and uh, Mastriano in Pennsylvania. It would be nice to have a feel really secure that it's a two-way street, that if it's a MAGA candidate, that all the Republican establishment is on board. If it's a more rhino establishment Republican candidate, that, you know, everybody votes for them as well. It would be nice to feel like it's a two-way street. But no, Liz Cheney is not up for that. She is uh, quite vindictive. She's a really good hater, is Liz Cheney. And maybe I'll play this as well. Uh, here's what Here's what Liz Cheney said about campaigning for Democrats to try to stop Carrie Lake from getting in office. Tucker Carlson opens this one. I want to point out what Liz Cheney oh, this is Maria said about Bartiromo. you when speaking at this Texas Tribune uh, conference yesterday. She says, I'm going to do everything I can to make sure Carrie Lake is not elected. Uh, your reaction? <laughs> <laughs> that might be the biggest, best gift I've ever received. I mean, the people of Wyoming can't stand her. I, I'm, I'm pretty much sure that the people of Arizona don't like Liz Cheney. Uh, you know, here's the deal, Maria. The Republican Party, the new Republican Party, is the party of we the people. It is no longer the party of warmongers. And so Liz Cheney probably should change her voter registration. Turns out she really is a Democrat after all. Oh, yeah, I guess that really is the case, isn't it? Yeah, she lost by 38 points, probably more in Wyoming. Oh, that was great. And I always attribute Collar Jack from Wyoming around here with engineering, masterminding that brilliant victory. But here's another one. uh, And again, Tucker sets this one up. (laughs) Okay. Not surprisingly, Liz Cheney has come to the same conclusion about Carrie Lake. Republican candidate in Arizona for governor. Right. Who's an election denier, who is dangerous. And that's the kind of thing we cannot see in our party. We cannot see an accommodation like that. And I think it's very important that we be clear about that. So are you going to campaign for Katie Hobbs, the Democratic candidate for governor in Arizona, as a result of that? Uh, I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that Carrie Lake is not elected. So Liz Cheney. Wow. Does that include campaigning for Democrats if that's what it takes? Yes. It does. Okay, very well. I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that Carrie Lake isn't elected the governor of Arizona, a state I don't live in, she says before an audience of people in Texas who won't be governed by Carrie Lake either, and they applaud. Yes, got to stop Carrie Lake. She's a fascist. She's dangerous. She'll destroy our society. Why? Because she's telling the truth about the media with authority because she knows yes carrie lake knows she's telling the truth about the media and i love how liz cheney says oh carrie lake is an election denier and what is stacy abrams in georgia that is the ultimate example of an election denier the media doesn't call that democrat an election denier and again what were the four years of russia russia hoax putin stole it for trump What is that? 
Yeah, I mean, we've covered that ground before, but Carrie Lake writes a letter <laughs> to Liz Cheney, and it's really glorious. This came out on Friday, October 28th, and it says, Carrie Lake for governor to Liz Cheney, defeated member of Congress. Um, dear Liz, and again, I'm just going to read this letter. It's very short, but very worthwhile. Dear Liz, Thank you for your generous, in-kind contribution to my campaign. Your recent television ad urging Arizonans not to vote for me is doing just the opposite. Our campaign donations are skyrocketing, and our website nearly crashed from traffic as people rushed to learn more about my plan to put Arizona first and join our historic political movement. In fact says Carrie Lake in her letter to Liz Cheney. My team tells me your commercial should add another 10 points to our lead. I guess that's why they call the Cheney anti-endorsement the gift that keeps on giving. While we appreciate your in-kind contribution, the 500000 ad buy likely exceeds Arizona's $5,300 individual contribution limit. Thank you again for the huge boost to our campaign. Enjoy your forced retirement from politics. I know America will rest easier knowing that one more warmonger is out of office. Sincerely, Carrie Lake. Um, I just kind of like that. that. That's how you do it. Carrie Lake is showing the way. She's creating a movement down there in Arizona. Putting Arizona first, putting America first, and, uh, you know, responding to the just cheap shots, the shabbiness of Liz Cheney, who cannot endorse a fellow Republican woman. Why is that? Because Liz Cheney is actually a Democrat and a warmonger and a loser by 38 points in Wyoming. Bitter, bitter, bitter hater, clinger. Liz Cheney. Be right back. Don't believe what they say, and that applies especially now because it is PSYOP season. It is Democrat PSYOP season. They'll be throwing every PSYOP they can think of out there over the next nine days into the midterms, even though they're losing their confidence and there is a sense that the Democrats are collapsing right now. Why are the Democrats losing their confidence? Why do I say that? Poll data in general is coming out in which Democrats have been saying, well, we peaked too soon, we peaked too soon, because the trend is all Republican. Independent voters seem to be trending heavily Republican over this past month. And again, the fluffer polls you can release a month ago, they have to calibrate them more to reality when you get closer to the election, and they're starting to do that. That's one of my big points about interpreting psyops in polls. But the debate in Pennsylvania for the Senate seat between Dr. Oz and Fetterman, Fetterman who's really more like some kind of a Frankenstein-type figure and how badly Fetterman did. Oh, my gosh, he... um. He really blew it so badly. I've got all these audio clips here. I won't take time to play them. But Fetterman has got some very severe health problems, and he can't even communicate. He can't articulate words. 
and it was one of the most embarrassing things that people have ever seen. That's not helping Democrat confidence. They spun really hard to try to put a veneer on that debate. Um, Carrie Lake being up by 11 in Arizona in the polls is really demolishing Democratic confidence. And Lee Zeldin in the New York governor's race, Lee Zeldin, yes, the guy who was stabbed by a deranged leftist on stage, apparently he's okay and was okay shortly after his stabbing. Um, He is tied or maybe even a little up in the race against Democrat Kathy Hochul for the governorship of New York. That's New York we're talking about, ladies and gentlemen. So, I mean... And the abortion issue, which was formerly hailed as the salvation for Democrats, that seems to be dropping, dropping, dropping from the concerns, the top and foremost concerns of the American voter, which, which seem to be pocketbook issues. I mean, they, they know that inflation is bad and gas prices are bad and butter prices are bad. My wife was complaining about the price of butter. The other day, she was at the grocery store and paid $11, $12 for four sticks of butter. She used to pay $5 for those same four sticks of butter in the Trump era. But now it's like more than doubled. Butter's up to $6.29 a pound. And that's what's on the minds of the American people, the things that they interact with, the sense that America is going in the exact wrong direction on all of the pocketbook issues crime included is far more important than uh than other issues so their their confidence is waning and you're, you you if you listen closely and if you if you look closely if you watch closely um what was it yogi berra said you know you can learn a lot just by watching you can see a lot just by watching <laughs> and i sense that they're predicting doom internally but they're going to they're going to try to pull out whatever they can and we'll see where this goes on this very odd David Pelosi situation and how the media, can they run a narrative on this? We need a lot more information out of that before Biden and Hillary can go blaming the right wing for what happened in Pelosi's mansion at 2 a.m. the other night. Talked about that a bit in hour one. But here's the thing, and I... You know, Kari Lake being opposed by Liz Cheney. A Republican won't support another Republican. Carl Rove going against the Republican for governor in Pennsylvania, going against Mastriano, supporting Shapiro, apparently spending a lot of money there. And Mitch McConnell, who I do accuse of being a rhino. He is the least popular political figure in America, that Harvard-Harris poll. He's 22 points under, but... Nancy Pelosi also 22 points under unfavorables. So Pelosi and McConnell are the two most unfavorably viewed politicians in America. But Mitch McConnell has been stiffing Blake Masters in Arizona, Dan Bolduck in New Hampshire, and Kelly Shabaka in Alaska. This bothers me. This concerns me. This makes me very annoyed to see that Mitch McConnell is not helping these Republican America First MAGA-inspired candidates in, yes, New Hampshire, Arizona, and Alaska. When the poll data has Dan, Don Bolduck in New Hampshire tied or ahead, 
and when the poll data in Arizona has Blake Masters tied or ahead. And I don't know the poll data in Alaska with it, Kelly Tishabaka. But it seems to me that it ought to be Mitch McConnell if he wants voters to vote for the Republican, whoever that may be, whoever that Republican nominee is, whoever came out of the Republican primary, if that's what Mitch McConnell wants Republican voters to do, he should back it up by by sending the funds, sending the millions, sending the money, buying the ads, helping out even the candidates that do not fit Mitch McConnell's rhino descriptions or rhino desires. Does that make sense what I'm saying here? It's a roundabout way of saying certain things. And Liz Cheney is not helping by not supporting fellow Republicans who have won the primaries. The primary's over, Liz Cheney, in Arizona. Primary's over. But yet you're not going to support Carrie Lake, which, of course, as it referred to, only helps Carrie Lake. But they, the argument is the primary is over. You've got to support the Republican, Liz Cheney, but she won't do it. And Mitch McConnell is not doing it either in New Hampshire, Arizona, and Alaska. Just three examples there. Why isn't Mitch McConnell supporting the Republican victor in the primary? And, of course, this is where it gets down to the bigger picture on the Senate. Mitch McConnell wants to have a Senate that he can get enough votes to be either the majority leader or the minority leader, depending on if Republicans win the majority in the Senate. Mitch McConnell wants to have a rhino Senate moving forward. That's what he wants. That's apparently the bigger picture that he sees. That's the bigger game. Liz Cheney apparently sees that as well. She wants to have a rhino Republican party. She wants to have rhinos running the party. And um, so you can connect some dots here on some things and some of the concerns that I am working through when it comes down to here in Colorado. And that I want to be able to support the Republican nominee, whoever came out of the primary. I want to be able to do that. But I would like to be able to do that in the nice, clear conscience that that street is a two-way street. And people like Liz Cheney, Rhino Cheney, and people like Mitch McConnell will also support the America First MAGA-inspired Republicans if they want the vast majority of the Republican voting base, which is America First Republican voting base, to support candidates that, uh, you know, that have come through the primary. Does that make sense, um, the situation we are in? And how the battle for the Senate and who controls the Senate is a very big deal. And if I had to predict right now, I would say that Republicans will get the Senate and it'll be 52, 53. If things go really well, if that red tsunami is really out there, that red wave is really out there, it could be 54. And if we can get the New Hampshire, Arizona, and Alaska to come together for America First candidates... I would rather not see Mitch McConnell be the next leader of the Senate, next majority leader of the Senate, or even minority leader of the Senate, because I think that is the big question. That is for all the marbles. I'd like to have a Senate that's actually responsive to the Republican Party voters who want to put America first, don't want $72 billion go to Ukraine, secure our borders here. Be right back.
the Monster Mash bringing us back. Bobby Boris Pickett and the Crypt Kickers. If there is a Halloween song, this is it, right? Today being October 30th, 2022. Tomorrow being Halloween, 2022. What is a Crypt Kicker? That's that's a pretty cool name for a band, a backup band. The Crypt Kickers, you can hear those doo-wop voices in back. There we go. And for podcast listeners, we have the music rolling underneath us. You might wonder why we're pausing or referring to the Monster Mash song, but the song is playing right below us. And yeah, we're just, you know, a little celebration for Halloween. I'm going to be dressing up. Apparently, I'm a wizard this year. Last year, I was Hagrid from the Harry Potter series. I'm just about hairy enough for that one, yeah, to play Hagrid. The year before, I was Neo from The Matrix. And how do I remember all this? The year before that, I was Doc Holliday, you know, the dentist, the Wyatt Earp cohort, the gunfighter, the OK Corral guy. Wizard is a little bit generic, but apparently our family is doing that this year. Um, I don't know, Blake, you got a costume yet? You doing? You doing that? You dressing up? Paint my face. (laughs) Face painter. Yeah. Well, happy Halloween a day in advance. And yeah, that's a fun one when you've got the four little kids. We take them around, and it's usually kind of cold. And usually I have one small enough, I just kind of carry one of them or two of them around. At any rate, did you see this news? Scott Pressler is a great get out the vote personage. He's very America First inspired. And he's been tracking fentanyl, fentanyl deaths in America. That's one of the things that he's tracking. And he said this, that in the last 56 days, 8,624 Americans have died from fentanyl poisoning. I can almost guarantee you that you did not know that as I did not know that before I saw the news, the tweet from Scott Pressler, again, that 8,624 Americans have died from fentanyl poisoning. And Pressler adds that that is the equivalent of 2,156 mass shootings. If you add up the fatality rate from what the definitions are of mass shootings. So again, 8,624 Americans died from fentanyl poisoning in the last 56 days. But you don't get that in the media, do you? We talk a lot about fentanyl right here at 710 KNUS. Stefan Tubbs does yeoman's work bringing that tragic, horrific issue to light. And again, coming straight up out of our wide-open Joe Biden, Democrat, rhino, southern border, comes in the fentanyl. And um, the media doesn't seem to say much about that wide-open border, and nor do they say much about fentanyl. You have to listen around here, and parents of children should be very concerned about fentanyl. It can be disguised as candy-like products. Go down the list, and heading into Halloween, I don't need to be bringing that in there. 
as something, you know, you worry, could there be fentanyl in my kid's basket or whatever? But, you know, anyway, I just I just point that out so that fentanyl is on on top of our radar screen. And in Colorado, we have a particularly bad fentanyl problem, which advocates for change in leadership, change in the governorship. I'm a big fan of Heidi Ganahl doing a great job running for governor here in Colorado. Let's change the leadership. Let's change this state from blue to red for all of the right reasons. And fentanyl is right there, right there on that list. And by the way, I've been following the Paul Pelosi story as I've been hanging out here. And by the way, 303-696-1971. And apparently the media is pushing the narrative that this uh, this David DePape is some kind of a right-winger who was belonging to all these right-wing extremist websites. So you're going to see that pumped through the mainstream media echo chamber. But guess what? And Ryan Fournier, a blue check and established source on on Twitter, says this. The right-wing websites allegedly belonging to Paul Pelosi's attacker were all created this month. The media has used these fake sites to attack 75-plus million people who voted for Trump. It's all a lie. And so I don't know what these right-wing websites are that supposedly David DePape, the assaulter of Paul Pelosi, was a belonger to or posting on or involved in in some way. But are these established right-wing websites or were they created out of thin air over the past few weeks or over the past few days? you see how a narrative could be run along those lines? Do you see how maybe that could be a factor in our interpretations of what happened in San Francisco the other night at 2.30 in the morning? Glenn Greenwald, always a good source to look to for news and information, writing on Twitter. And he is a uh, not a straight man, is Glenn Greenwald. He lives in Brazil with his husband and children. He is a noted anti-war spokesman and writes some of the best columns. You see him all the time on the Tucker Carlson program. He's very opposed to the military-industrial complex and $72 billion for Ukraine, which, again, I am not a fan of in the least. But Glenn Greenwald tweets this, quote, I'd like to know how someone broke into the home of one of the richest and most powerful families without setting off an alarm. Glenn Greedwald says, I'd like to know how Paul Pelosi could call 911 in the middle of this. And Glenn Greenwald says, I'd like to know who is the unknown person who opened the door for the police. And he'd like to also know, where is the video? Okay, that's uh, Glenn Greenwald asking some questions about the narrative we are being given about Paul Pelosi and uh, the attack upon him last week. And I think, uh, you know, based on the caller component in the first hour that Backbone Radio audience is not buying the initial 
narrative that has come out from the media on this and that a lot of very, very suspicious stuff seems to have been going on. And Elon Musk coming out saying that ah, there must be a lot more to this story than meets the eye, a tiny bit more to this story than meets the eye, makes you think that will the left be able to control this narrative in this last nine days before the midterms, before crunch time, before the votes are going to be all counted, right? I, to the extent that election day is the end of the road, right? Is that is that when they start counting? Or yeah, you know. But facts about the Paul Pelosi attack: the attacker was a homeless drug addict. The attacker lived in a hippie commune adorned with BLM and LGBTQ pride flags. The nine eleven caller called him a quote friend. Has the attacker, by the way, been charged with breaking and entering? Has David DePate been charged with any of that breaking and entering? How did he get into that home? Glenn Greenwald is wanting to know. And, uh, yeah, who who let him in the door? Who opened that door and let him in? And what is this that the police watched David DePate attack Paul Pelosi? Huh. At any rate, I... Uh, I think this is one of those things that, you know, you, you know, you host a radio show and you have to talk about some of this stuff and some of this kind of strange stuff, and that is a weird one. And I've had many people text the studio saying, yeah, is this the October surprise? Is this the October surprise? Is this where we are right now? And Jesse Waters was phrasing it like this. A homeless nudist. He was living in a storage locker and he was an illegal alien from Canada with a rap sheet in San Francisco, we believe. So he should have been deported. But San Francisco is a sanctuary city. And um, even though this guy was a nudist, supposedly was wearing underwear. Now, why would a nudist be wearing underwear? Now, maybe there is a contradiction. At any rate, Backbone Radio, be right back. There we go, the Sharks song, one of the new ones on the new album from Imagine Dragons. That's been a big hit around our household. And when we saw Imagine Dragons play that at their live concert about a month ago at Dick's Sporting Goods Park, the house was rocking, may I say. You think you're better than them, huh? You think you're better than them, but you're just one of them. Interesting lyrics when you extrapolate some meanings there. At any rate, 303-696-1971. And yeah, there's been an interview with the neighbor of the attacker, the alleged attacker on Paul Pelosi. And what the neighbor is saying about David DePape does not square with what the mainstream media narrative is turning into. And again, I quoted from the Michael Schellenberger Substack article earlier. But just so you get that again, he's an investigative reporter, does some very good work, writes on Substack, which is where he gets his opinions out. Quote, DePape lived with a notorious local nudist in a Berkeley home, complete with a Black Lives Matter sign in the window and an LGBT rainbow flag emblazoned with a marijuana symbol hanging from a tree. A closer look reveals the characteristics of a homeless encampment 
or what Europeans call an open drug scene. In the driveway, there is a broken-down camper van. On the street is a yellow school bus, which neighbors said to Pape occasionally stayed in. Both are filled with garbage typical of such structures in homeless encampments. People come and go from the house and the vehicles, neighbors say, in part to partake in the use of a potent psychedelic drug, ibogaine. Ibogaine. And I'm not familiar with ibogaine, I just have to say. But back to Schellenberger, one more note here. Quote, Neighbors described DePape as a homeless addict with a politics that was, until recently, left-wing, but of secondary importance to his psychotic and paranoid behavior. What I know about the family is that they're very radical activists, said one of DePape's neighbors, a woman who only gave her first name Trish. They seem very left. They are all about the Black Lives Matter movement, gay pride, but they're very detached from reality. They have called the cops on several of the neighbors, including us, claiming that we are plotting against them. It's really weird to see that they are willing to be so aggressive towards somebody else who is also a lefty. End quote. Again, I'm just trying to get some information into the system here as we remain skeptical of the mainstream media narrative about the Paul Pelosi strange scenario. And I look over at the call screen. It looks like we have a caller actually from San Francisco checking in. And I thought maybe we would say hello to David in San Francisco. And David, thanks for checking in all the way from California. And uh, what's on your mind tonight? Yeah, and actually I'm calling you from San Francisco, and Pelosi's my congresswoman. Um, you know, are you familiar with Lenny Bruce? Um, yeah, the comedian, yes. Right. Yeah, he had a famous shtick uh, about hipper than now, uh, that uh, there was always this endless fight about who was hipper than the others. And uh, so it sounds like as they're trying to portray this guy as a leftist or a right wing, you know, he's clearly nuts. But, uh, you know, it, it's, it seems like uh, just one more issue about hipper than now. Was that, uh, was Lenny Bruce in the Beatnik era? Was right. that uh, 50s, yeah. 60s? Beat, yeah. Beat and, and early hippies, right. Yeah, he got started like 1952 or so. Okay. And it's, it's funny, I found one of his old albums. Uh, he's sitting in a graveyard and uh, reading a book called Pigs Ate My Roses. And uh, he's uh, he's having a picnic in a cemetery, uh, reading a book. Pigs ate my roses. So he was uh, he was a strange comedian in the early days. He was very uh, cutting edge in a whole lot of different ways, and uh, very That's much interesting. Against, very much against Joe McCarthy and uh, the uh, the kind of uh, tyranny that's. Uh, similar to Donald Trump and Roger Stone and Paul Manafort. And yeah, yeah, there you get to it there. By the way, I did not yeah, even fun. know of uh, Lenny Bruce's existence until the R.E.M. song, The End of the World, uh, and I Feel Fine, um, in which they have the Lenny Bruce lyric in there. But uh, do you have any special thoughts about the Pelosi scenario as a San Franciscan, uh, Pelosi well, being your yeah, congresswoman? Yeah, as a matter of fact, I do. It, it uh, gets into uh, 
Are you seeing the news article about Elon Musk spreading disinformation about the incident? Well, Elon Musk said with a tweet that there might be a tiny bit more to the story than meets the eye. You're saying that that's misinformation? Well, that was the headline about the uh, article that they... Well, no, that was what Elon tweeted. Right. You're saying that's misinformation, that there might be more to the story than meets the oh, eye? You're not, you're not going to lie about the thing, are you? He, he posted an article from something lie. called the Santa Monica Observer, right? No, did you, see, Monica, did you see the Santa Elon Monica Musk tweet? Observer. Yeah, did you the see the Santa, Elon Musk tweet? The, the Elon Musk tweet has been removed. after it He deleted it, but I'm referring to what he tweeted and what the Washington Post quoted in the Washington Post about what Elon Musk tweeted about there might be more to the story, a tiny bit more to the story than meets the eye. And if you would like me to give you the actual quote of what Elon tweeted, as quoted by the Washington Post, quote, there is a tiny possibility there might be more to this story than meets the eye, end quote, from Elon Musk. What am I lying about, David? Tell me exactly. Well, the Elon Musk uh, or the Santa Monica Observer uh, article was full of disinformation. And so then Elon Musk passed on uh, an obvious, I mean, the, the Santa Monica... You said Observer, I was lying about something. Yeah, and what you is were that? lying about what the, uh, the post was. You were trying to claim that he only said that phrase when, in fact, a- along with his tweet was the Santa Monica Observer. And, uh, and that Observer paper is famous for lying. So, you know, so, and then you, let me just tell me this, David, called, David, what, what uh, do, are you taking the, I, are, this, you the are you, no, are you, you taking the Paul Pelosi story at face value? Do you think that what the mainstream media narrative is about this is, is the accurate narrative? Just curious as a San Franciscan. Uh, at this point, I have no reason to disbelieve it. Okay. I mean, does the, the article or the uh, the accounts that I've heard, Paul Pelosi uh, is a wealthy man. He's had uh, security problems in the past. I mean, his wife has been a congresswoman for, what, going on 30 years. And so obviously... Longer than that, yeah. And so there have been... She's been your congresswoman for longer than that. Very long time, right. Yeah. So, so there have been uh, reasons why they've needed to have... Uh, security systems installed in there. How did uh, David DePape get through these security systems? Why did the glass break from the inside in those pictures, not the outside? Um, what, what, you know, if David DePape lives in a hippie commune in Berkeley <laughs> with BLM and pride flags on it, do you, are you saying that you think he must be a right winger? Why would the 9 11 well, caller? Refer to David DePape as a friend on the 9-11 call. I'm asking you these questions. I'm not getting ready answers from you. Your first lie is a hippie commune. The homeless live in encampments, and they can be anybody, anybody that's homeless. Because Ronald Reagan uh, evicted with the savings and loans crooks. uh, We're on to Ronald Reagan somehow. Oh, here is the wall, David. We were just getting going, but thank you for being a part of the show, sir. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.